What's up, Sean Dizzle? Uh, Mikey Hizzle. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. to get down here to record I uh by mistake knocked over um knocked over the uh what you call it let me get a hit of that what you call it the soap dispenser <laughs> and it's one that the wife really likes a lot and uh we're supposed to be going out for her birthday tonight and I'm gonna have to buy her a new soap dispenser for her birthday you think that'll go over well? <laughs> no, because she's going to say, you already had to buy me one. That's not a real gift. Uh, but what if it's like something super expensive? Maybe. Mm. Maybe like $6 on Amazon or something like that. Maybe you don't tell her how much you spent. Huh. Yeah, this recording comes out after her birthday, so that just might work. <laughs> I could be she's behind master. listening anyway right she just walked in the door of the house so no, i mean she ain't she's not caught up on the podcast yet right oh yeah she's behind in listening oh yeah of course come on of course she is why wouldn't she be Slacking. it's only it's only her husband <laughs> no big deal not a big deal Anyway, happy recording day. Happy recording day, bro. I, um, it's been such a crazy day. It's been a crazy week, actually. Um, but today I had this crazy thought while I was going pee. (laughs) It's the weirdest time to get an idea. But you know how, how people, uh, often think that there's something more than what they aren't. Like, uh, like take a fighter for example. They, they, they might think they're the greatest in the world, but they've never fought anybody, for real, right? Right. Or, or you got a guy who thinks he's the best builder in the world. He can build anything, but the only thing he's ever actually built is something from IKEA. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, bitch, you ain't no carpenter just because you put something together from IKEA. Uh, well, that you're describing the millennial generation. Yeah, maybe so, but it got me to thinking about how important it is to uh, to have some proper self evaluation and consider yourself soberly, like Paul says. You know, don't he says that it's important for a man not to think more highly of himself than he ought, but every man should think soberly about himself. You know, like like use some use some uh, temperance 
when it comes down to the way that you you think of yourself. And um, and, and so it just got me thinking, like, you know, a, a person can say that they're living by um, the the uh, what do you call those things? Standards, uh, the, morals, the, the definition, <laughs> ethics. <laughs> okay, okay. Rules. The definitions of love, right? <laughs> the definition of love that Paul gives in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. He says, "Love is patient. Love is kind." I think it's Second Corinthians twelve. Whatever it is, you guys know the verse I'm talking about. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love, you know, doesn't envy. Celebrate. It doesn't boast. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't keep celebrate wrongdoing. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. All the stuff right. I'm not. <laughs> well, well, so I was thinking to myself, like in, in a in a Christian sense, dude, is we're you know you meet somebody new and they're just like, hey, you know what are what are some of the things that you're good at? What are some of your strengths? And you might say, well, I'm a very very patient guy. You know, I, I know for me, I, I've always said that I'm a very patient guy and I, I generally am. Um, but am I really? I don't know. I've just been doing <laughs> I've been doing some self-reflection and just kind of challenging myself. Because um, this baby is coming real soon and I'm starting to look at myself like, all right, I've got some. uh I got some shit that I need to work out still. You know, I'm not, I've not arrived. I've not gotten there. And I just really think that it's very difficult for you to call yourself a patient person when you lose your temper all the time or when you practice impatience and you really don't know how patient you are until that patience is really tested. Yeah. I know it's a little deep just to start off this way, but Dude, I get some of the best ideas on the can. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sitting; I was standing. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I <clears throat> I like to think I'm a pretty patient individual as well, but it almost kind of like it's uh, it's kind of up to what is it question or the circumstance. I mean, you know what I mean? Sure. Because like at work, I'm super patient. I don't say the things that I want to say to people who are being douchey or like super bougie or, you know, I need this fast. I need it now. Well, I mean, you've been sitting in your car for like seven minutes in a drive through because you're lazy. <laughs> I don't say that to them. I'm just like, yeah, we'll we'll do what we can. You know, let me get on it. Sure. So is that being patient with people? I don't know. Yeah, so yeah like it's i guess it's levels right because like in me patience. like inside of me i guess i'm not a patient person because i'm like i don't give a damn if you're like running behind like you yeah. could have came in and already been gone and done that twice by the time you come up to the window like like that's the stuff i think and that's how i feel inside but i don't manifest it on the outside sure. so i guess i'm saying like Am I a patient person? Probably not. But I typically don't allow my impatience to manifest outside of just my thoughts and how I think and feel. So on that uh, angle, I guess I am kind of a patient person. 
because I don't act on the things I think and feel. But is that even a thing or am I just making it up? <laughs> yeah, so so uh, that's it exactly, right? So I don't know. Is it just an excuse? Is it just something that you that you make up just as a defense mechanism to say, well, yeah, I'm patient, but like there's always a but, right? At least it seems like there's always a but to be had. Um, hey, yo, but give me that booty. Well, I don't think that like you can say you're always patient, even if you are inclined to being a more patient person. There's some point where you're not patient. Like, let's say you're rushing around. And everyone's taking their sweet frickin' time. You can be the most patient person in the world, but if you're in a circumstance, like, it's almost like the circumstance kind of rules, to a certain degree, the level of patience that you will show. Like, let's say your wife right now got shot in the leg. How much of a patient person... How much of a patient person are you going to be trying to get her to the hospital? Hmm. You're not going to be sitting behind someone who's like, okay, it's been green for five seconds. Get the fuck out of the way. My wife could be dying. Like, let's go. Let's go. But typically you're sitting behind some car and it like turns green. And it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi horn middle finger <laughs> get the fuck what are you doing get off your damn phone you know what i mean like i don't know yeah yeah you know so i i kind of that even makes the, sense no it made perfect sense i just think that the more that i think about it and the more i comp- contemplate it like you can go case by case by incident by incident and judge how you responded versus how you should have responded right like the, uh, any truly introspective person is going to take their time and you know consider their behavior like that's a as far as i'm concerned that is a mark of maturity right when you when you sit and evaluate and say you know what no i I really fucked up there i I probably shouldn't have did this or i probably shouldn't have said this or that right Uh, it's a very mature person that takes the time to be able to do something like that um but uh, but my mind instantly goes to <sighs> virtues are just like a, a muscle, if you will. Like the more you exercise it, the stronger you get at it, right? And so if you consider that fact, if you really are a patient person, shouldn't you be losing your patience from time to time? <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> because... <sighs> So, so I follow this, this exercise program called Strong Lift 5x5. And uh, this guy is like from Belgium or, or Brussels or something like that. He's got a very thick Eastern European accent. And he, uh, he, as part of his training, he says, look, you may not get all of your PRs. Right. If you if you're squatting 225 and you have to do five reps, reps of five on that fourth set, you might be pretty gassed and you may only get three out of your five reps. He said, but that's OK. So next time you try to do it again, and if you can't get it the second time, then you dial down your weight 
by 2%. So you go down and wait a little bit, get your five out of five, your five reps and your five sets, and then build yourself back up to 225. And you'll find that you'll actually hit that 225 for all five sets, all five reps. So in his mind, he's like, failure is good because when you fail, you, you realize that maybe you didn't eat right that week or maybe you didn't, um, didn't rest enough or maybe you didn't rest long enough in between sets. You make the adjustments that you need to make in order to be better at it the next time and then you'll get it. So I think in those terms, like, okay, so if you fail at your virtue, then I think a healthy perspective of that failure should be you're just practicing getting better at that virtue. So that's why I'm saying, like, if you're a patient person, shouldn't you be losing your patience every now and then? I don't know. Maybe that's not a healthy way to look at it, but. Or yeah, maybe it is. I don't know either. I think regardless, it's going to have, like, no one's perfect. Poe body's nerfic. And that's kind of, I think, what I was trying to say with, like, you know, if you're, if Jenna got shot in the leg right now, the likelihood so of you being dark. just super patient with everyone's going to be pretty damn near impossible. Sure. So, I mean, okay. they're, you know. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I just think the example is super dark. Just like, so how long do you think those knives are going to last? Yeah, well, I guess that's what I do. But I mean, take something else, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, sure. maybe you're late to work and you're at Starbucks and, you know, one thing after another happens and it's just making you late. You're going to get a little more like, okay, got to be at work in two minutes. It takes four minutes to get there. I already paid for my coffee. Let's get this thing on the road. Sure. And then you start getting a little more impatient. And, you know, where's your pay? Like, what? I don't know. So maybe I'm using the wrong uh, analogies here or scenarios, but I don't know. Or or you may be right. You you may be right on on target. I just think that the things that we, I, I guess I just would caution the gloating of virtues. But more be along this along the the mindset of celebrating the adventure to get stronger at the virtues. Because so I really think that this is kind of what life is about. But you know, at, at least part of what life is about, like getting a chance to try and fail and succeed in some areas and. You know, be weak in other areas. I, I think it's a, it's a balance, a balancing act that we learn. Sure. So, uh, example: the other day at work, uh, I was extremely stressed out because I was juggling three programs for Tata Motors, and Our trying to. Are the tits. <laughs> we need to record that drop. <laughs> Um, I mean, I've said it enough times on here. Yeah. Yeah. I think usually I so, go, our motors are the tits. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so so I was doing I was I had I had three screens. I always work on three screens at work. Bougie. I had I I had hashtag one I'm program. secretly jelly. <laughs> I had one program on each screen. And then my boss called me. And she said, Hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, sure. Your boss is I'm a woman. Juggling. Yeah. My boss is a woman. Damn. Is that weird? Tata Motors be progressive these days. Oh shit. There's so many women in power right now in Tata Motors. It's not even funny. I think it's awesome. I was just kidding. Oh yeah. Send your hate mail to Sean David at (laughs) Don't send it to Unchurched Podcast. No, um We don't have an email, we shut it down. There's a lot of women in power uh, at my company, and so and and more parts on. But so she calls me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I say, she says, "Hey, what's going on? We need to talk." I said, "Oh, I'm just you know I got a one program for each screen that I'm looking at right now, and uh, and now we got to talk about this email." So uh, yeah, a little stressed out, but thanks for the job that you promoted me to. <laughs> real sarcastic mm-hmm. and she just she busts out laughing man just like yep you're the right guy for the job anyway <laughs> and then just started to giving me a download um uh, of what needed to happen next so i i was really really frustrated at the moment but i don't know i i kind of tried to diffuse it with a little bit of sarcastic humor something that i knew she wouldn't be offended by you know it's like hey thanks for giving me a promotion like obviously i'm not being serious uh, but i'm still illustrating the point that it's it's a little frustrating in this at at the moment and so i don't know like that's what i use in order to diffuse the issues that are coming up that are challenging my my virtue so what do you do do you punch a wall are you still at that state where you kick your dog i don't man i've i'm typically despite how much anger that lives inside of my body i don't ever really (laughs) manifest it physically (laughs) and i think that's part of the reason why i probably should start talking to someone if we're being honest because I don't know. Like we were kind of just talking about this uh, the other night, me and the wife. And it's just like, you know, at some point there's like a lot of anger and rage that's just pushed down. And some of it's not. Some of it's like, like when I talk about, oh, I was at the coffee shop and this douchebag was like, oh, like this literally happened. Okay. Guy sat in line for three cars, right? So he was probably there for a good 10 minutes. Could have parked his car and walked in and done that probably three or four times by the time he got to the window. He gets to the window, orders, and then says, hey, could you speed that up real fast because I'm late to pick my kid up for school. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you've been sitting there knowing that you're going to be late to pick up your kid from school. And then you want to put that on me? Nah, dude. So, yeah, in the moment, it's like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. Like, you're lazy. America, you know? like Right. But I don't really, like, I'm telling it now because I, it's funny now. 
in the moment i was like man you're an idiot like fuck off i don't really just walk around like that doesn't keep me up at night sure you know but sure. other things do and other things that have happened in the past you know have it's stuff and i have some anger things and blah 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 blah, blah. so like at some point because i'm not the guy who comes home and is like punching walls and throwing things and kicking my dog and beating my wife or like i don't i don't manifest my anger that way i don't you know i just don't deal with it that way so like yeah at some point i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but yeah typically most always i don't just freak out and start wailing and throwing things and like kicking stuff over you know and i don't know why i can't tell you why that's just not how i deal with things so maybe jesus has a little bit of uh, jesus has a little bit to do with that i mean i guess i, I don't know honestly hmm. i mean i, I think don't to me just it's like, just like i know if i start acting a fool yeah i'm gonna have to fix the hole in the wall my dog's gonna hate me my wife's gonna hate me like if i'm if i'm beating my wife first off there's a whole other issue there <laughs> If yeah, I'm no kicking my dog because I'm angry that some guy was a douchebag in a drive-thru, then there's way deeper issues. Sure. But, like, you know, throwing stuff around and just being an idiot, like, that to me, it's it's not productive. Like, I don't know. It just makes my life harder because now I have to clean that up or I have to fix that or I've damaged this other thing or I've hurt this person now because of something I'm dealing with and I just... That's dumb. It's ignorant. You know? I don't know where it came from, but it's been my thing, you know? Yeah, I get that. And and I don't want to, like, try to spiritualize anything and, and, and try to say that it's all God, that we have restraint and blah, blah, blah. I, I think that they're, like I've talked about before, they're, if we truly are made in the image and the likeness of God, then we all have within us that ability to be good and evil, to be gracious and kind or to be a dick, you know, uh, the, the, the ability is within all of us. Um, well, I could probably talk know, about that for a few minutes, man. <laughs> well, that's what I want to talk about. Like, well, uh, seriously, like I've been thinking a lot about like, if, if some of the things that have happened to me or happened to you or happened to other people, like if Jesus went through those things, how would he react? So then it, it, sure. I'm asking that question in those moments to say, or to find out like, or at least question, like how should I react to this situation or this scenario or this thing, you know, like, what like what's the thing jesus would do and sometimes you know yeah i'll take the jesus way and sometimes i'm like fuck that man i'm not jesus and i'm not perfect and this is how i feel and this is how it's going to happen sure but like how does a christian i've been thinking about this kind of off and on for a while now like how does a christian really react to you know uh certain situations or certain 
things that happen to you, whether it's from someone else or a situation that just happened, you know, like, I mean, honestly, like, so my wife and I went through a miscarriage and it was not a common one. There, there are a lot of weird, dramatic, crazy, traumatic details that it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And at some point in that, I'm like, well, how would Jesus react to something like, like, what's the, what's the Christian way of the healthy Christian Christ centered way of reacting and dealing with this thing? And I don't know, you know, sure. And that's probably a journey I'm going to be on for a minute, but along the same lines of like, you know, what do Christians do when bad things happen? And we, we might know how to act or there might be no, no script on how to act or react. Like, what would Jesus do? How do you know that? And obviously I know the slap answer is going to be, oh, well you pray and you let the Holy Spirit guide you. And I get all that. But if we take our little Jesus helmets off for a second and realize that we live in a big, bad world and everything's not cut and dry, black and white and super fucking easy because you're a Christian now. Woo. Like when reality fucking lands in your like front yard and you have to deal with it. How would Jesus deal with it? How do you figure that out? Like that's something that's like, I, I don't know. It's it's crazy for me to think about. You know. You, you do you see my bracelet right now? WWJD. No. It's because you're black. Is it black? And I can't see it because you're black. It's, yeah. Okay. It's right here around <laughs> this finger. <laughs> hey there, listeners. Just want to talk to you for a few seconds about HotMikeCity.com. Hot Mike City is a Detroit-based voiceover production house with full-service solutions from writing to recording and mixing and mastering with one simple focus, and that is to give you a voice to your next project. So maybe you own a small business or maybe you own a big business and you're looking to do some voiceovers for radio spots. Uh, Maybe you're doing some video work, you need some nice voiceover to underlay on that. Hot Mike City is the place for you. Using studio quality equipment and professional editing software, Hot Mike City is perfect for your next project. But don't take my word for it. Take a little listen to this demo. Welcome to Commercial Sales. This course is part of a series of courses developed to build outside. Smooth Jazz 105.9 FM, the radio station designed for people like you. Live stream each Sunday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. at ECCLive.com. While it may be hard to believe, it's right in your own backyard. Roughly 5 million Americans don't even... And Pace offers awesome scholarship and internships. Pace University. Success starts here. And there you have it. Head over to hotmikecity.com. That's H-O-T-M-I-K-E-C-I-T-Y.com and give a voice to your next project. So 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 there's this verse in in Hebrews that I think about quite often. Uh, Hebrews four and fifteen it says that we have a high priest who um for we have not a high priest, not able to, I don't like that translation either. Why is it say it in the negative? I hate the way it says this. But anyway, in KJV it says, for we have not a high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And what that basically means that we have a high priest that is able to sympathize with everything that we could ever encounter. And But it says, but was in all points tempted, just like we are, yet without sin. So in other words, that there is no emotional thing that we could ever feel that he hasn't felt but didn't act on it in a sinful manner. And that's great. And it's wonderful that we have a a savior who can sympathize with us, empathize with us because, you know, he's, he's felt it. He's been there. Um, but still never acted in a way that was deemed sinful. The problem with that. And the only problem is, is that we are not him. (laughs) Right. Well, and even in that answer, I totally get it, but it's almost like there's still no answer. Yeah. And I'm not trying to answer you. I'm just trying to bring out one of the points that you started talking about. Yeah. Um, and, and that, well, there is a little bit of comfort in that he knows, right? It's the same th- reason why we talk to our friends. Right. We, I'll be talking to nobody issue. though. <laughs> you don't talk to nobody. <laughs> this combo ain't even happening right now. You dreaming? <laughs> I, I mean, there. In, in reality, we, when we are going through something, we look for someone to confide in, and usually it's the person that we feel like we can be the most vulnerable with, and we can be our truest, truest selves without fear of judgment. And it is a very healthy thing to have people in our lives that we can do that with. You know, um, it's important to be able to have a sounding board, someone that you can talk to that's not going to condemn you after you cuss out the air for 45 minutes and you just vent. Um, And and I'm of the opinion that we have that in our Savior where we can talk to him and talk those emotions out. But for those who don't care to pray or don't care to, or maybe they care to pray, but they need something more, you know, they, they will go to therapy so that they can talk shit out and really get to the bottom of stuff and get some challenging questions and make them think a little bit different than the way that they're thinking. I think, I think the problem is with a lot of people that, um, that go through a traumatic experience and still live it several years down the road. I think the problem with one of the problems is, is their inability to look at the alternative view. When you can't look at the alternative view in your mess, it's very difficult to find a truth that's going to bring you healing. It's very difficult to find an opinion out there that will cause you to step outside of the situation to be able to see from a higher perspective. So when, when, when we lack that ability, we get stuck in our own viewpoint and it, and it really ends up becoming a point of pride in that you're right, your feelings are 100% right, and there is nothing that's going to remedy the situation because, because you, you feel get validated. Over. You get validated by that. Yeah. Absolutely. And so 
it's something that with therapy or with talking with a licensed counselor or somebody who's who's able to help with stuff like this, um, they help you through asking you the right questions. They help you to begin to discover that fresh perspective on your own without actually giving it to you on paper. Like we can talk and I can say, yeah, you need to read this book. This book is going to help you. That's not you working out your emotions and feelings and and dissecting things to the point where you can start looking at things differently. Some books can help you, but I find for me, one of the only things that, that really helps me is me being allowed in a safe place to be able to say exactly how I feel, what I'm thinking, and then someone asks me a question that causes me to think differently so that I can give them an answer. And in turn, I end up getting a different perspective and finding a truth that actually brings me healing and help instead of believing my own shit that I've got in my head that's doing nothing more than keeping me angry. Yeah. So if your current statement of belief about your trauma keeps you in a negative place, then that means that you need to change your statement of belief. Because if the only thing you do was reinforce your statement of belief, then you only reinforce your pain. And at that point, you can hang it up because you're not looking for healing. You're not looking for help. You're only looking for reinforcement or validation, which is nothing more than feeding your pride. Yeah. That a preach right there, preacher. Where am I, Hanky, though? So, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of try to look at Jesus and say, what would Jesus do? And, and, and as non-cliche of a way as I can. Um, but more than that, I try to say, God, what is your perspective on this? Because here's mine. And my perspective reinforces my pain. Therefore, I need a perspective that will challenge my pain and move me more to a place of healing. And it's a very, very hard skill to learn. But I've got that skill. I know I've got that skill. I'm just not the most patient person that I thought that I was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm finding out. Like, I, I've got some skills. I've got some strengths. And I'm just sitting there holding my unit. And I'm, you know, peeing and I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. And it's like, yeah, I've had some challenges that have really knocked me off my feet, you know, and I haven't rebounded from them just yet. And I think that I'm doing good, but I still haven't rebounded all the way. I haven't bounced all the way back because I still feel it in such a way that I'm still just like, fuck you. But I'm working on it, bro. I'm a work in progress. I'm working on it. I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's And I'm sure you're still thinking about your shit too, you know? And and I'm sure that there's people out there that are listening that are still thinking about their shit too. But the question is, is that as long as you're thinking about it, are you willing to think differently about it so that you can actually move on? 
And it's a question that each of us has to ask ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking with the wife today about something. And I was kind of like, you know, this is what's being said, but I don't, that doesn't make sense to me because of this. And then she's like, oh, you know what? I've never, like, even, it, it, it's kind of hard to really explain without getting into the details, but I'm definitely not getting into the details because it's super personal. Yeah. Sure, of course. But the whole prim, like, the whole thing is, I, w- I was able to kind of give her another way to look at the same thing, just a slight tilt. And then she's like, huh. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. It kind of changes it like a lot. And I'm like, well, that's the only way that I saw it when you said it. That's why I was I brought it up because it didn't make sense that you still, you know, felt this way about the situation. So I was just, you know, and who am I? Not a counselor. I didn't go to school for that. I just trying to give you a different way to look at it, which is kind of what you were saying. And I think in general, growing up, I, I've all that, like, that's kind of the reason I enjoy doing this podcast or one of the reasons is because I've always questioned like people and authority and like, you know, like, well, that's, you know, what you say we should do, but why do we do it that way? Why can't we do it this way? You know, or why do, why do I think this, like, like when someone, like when stuff happens, I really, I want to know the opposite, like side of, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Like if there's something that happens between me and a person, I want to like try and explore their thinking as to why they did it. Because maybe there's some angle or some way of thought that explains why they did it. And now maybe I'll have a little bit more grace or I can, you know, I can at least understand like, okay, well, I know, I know why you did it. So now let's work through it versus no, you should have never done it. I'm right. You're wrong. Fuck you. Let's move on. You know, am I making any sense here? No, it makes perfect sense. Like trying to question, like put yourself in the other person's shoes and explore their thinking Sure. and do that whether there's an issue or not. Like, you know, Mormons come to my door and okay, they leave whatever. And I'm like, man, they kind of piss me off because you just want to keep talking. And it's like, go away. And then it's like, (laughs) well, I mean, think about it from their perspective. They think, they're doing the Lord's work and they're making their way to heaven. And like, they're trying to, you know, do good in the world for sure. Okay. Well, you know, that's cool. Like I want to do that too. So sweet. Now I'll have a little bit more grace for him. Right. <clears throat> typically I don't. Cause I'm just like, you're stupid. Get off my freaking porch. <laughs> you're an animal yeah, but I, like, I at oh, least try okay, your boy took to get inside whatever thought process that is opposite of mine to just think about it and the part yeah. that i was going to say i like doing uh that's one part why i like doing this podcast is because i feel like that's what we're doing with churchy things and with scripture like yes the bible says not uh, to curse. What does that mean? 
let's find the origin, <laughs> find who said it, why they said it, who they said yeah. it to, and really discover what's going on here. Let's not, oh, Bible says not to, not to use cursing, so don't say fuck. No, it's a little different than that. Yeah. And we only, I only found that out because I questioned it, and I changed my mindset, sure. and I found out some truth. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I don't know totally not even... the... Uh totally not the context of that word but to your point it 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 just it, i think it drives home the necessity to uh question things and get to a place where we are able to challenge i, I see for for me what i love about our podcast is that we're not just challenging church and the way we've always done things but we we, we challenge ourselves we challenge each other so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that those of us that are part of the unchurched community still need to grow. Right? Like we still need to mature in Christ or in ourselves. Well, yeah. We still need to Church or no church, change. I mean, that should still yeah. be the goal. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I, I think that's me, part of the problem with why I left the church is because there seems to be less and less growth. Right. Right. And more of just listen to that guy because he looks like a hipster and God speaks to him. <laughs> and they turn down the lights and it feels really cold in here and they put on this concert and I lift my hands and close my eyes and I feel goosebumps. So that's got to be the Holy Spirit. No, the air might be on too high. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I think that there is no growth without challenge. And not every challenge you're going to win, some you're going to fail and lose. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope that makes sense to people that hear it. Because, honest to God, that's the truth. Well, I'm not a swordsman, right? Right. But I'm also a not a fighter. You know how to use, don't you? What? I said, but you have a sword that you know how to use, don't you? It's seethed currently. <laughs> <laughs> Unseethe your sword. <laughs> but like, uh, we can go sports. Sports is a great one. You're not always gonna win. You have to practice, and you can become better at winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like a swordsman, that's why they spar. When you first start out sparring, you're not like Jesus with the sword, and you're just amazing. Some like prodigy. <sighs> you have to fail. You know what I mean? Like when a baby starts crawling and walking... They don't just automatically start freaking take off running. They take a step, they fall. They take four more steps, they fall. And then eventually you're walking, and then eventually you're running. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean, though? Yes. You have to fail. You have to. I just think, you know, like I was saying about the workout thing, like the... I just take muscles in general. The only way that muscles grow is if they're stripped down and they tear. 
It's nothing. The only way that you get olive oil is that if the olive is pressed, so it is literally forced out of its shell. It's not a shell, but you guys know what I'm saying. It's skin. You can't make oil without it. You can't make wine without taking grapes and pressing it until they, they're dry like raisins. Like everything that we love that is good and beautiful and nice has to go through a phase where they're crushed or, you know, like a diamond, right? You have to take coal and have to put it under so much pressure in order to make a diamond. Um, so, I mean, just pain is, is a, um, weakness leaving the body. (laughs) It's the yellow brick road. It really is. It's the yellow brick road that leads us to back to Kansas. You know, there is no clicking of hills. You can't go by go back to Kansas by clicking your heels, you actually have to go through the road and you got to take your time and meet some people and, and have some fun and do some things, have some discoveries, you know, do some things that are, um, do some things that will cause you to learn and grow in order to get to the place where you want to be to, which. So you're basically just saying go to college. No. I remember when I I went to my my pastor, I was like 14 years old, 13 years old. I went to my pastor and I said, hey, uh, pastor, I I believe that God has called me to the ministry. Like I, you know, God wants me to be a minister. I said, well, do you know what that word means? I said, no. He says it means a servant. I said, okay, cool. Well, God's calling me to be a servant. And um, so he started training me. Like my first sermon that I preached was to a toilet with a brush in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. It was like show up Saturday. I think I told this story before. Show up Saturday, gave me a Windex bottle. I had to spray down the the uh, the podium that was all clear. It was a whole clear podium and, and with etching in the front was like the emblem of of the church and uh mm-hmm. church of god in christ blah 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 but then you know as i got older you could see through to the kleenex box and the oh yeah exactly oil <laughs> exactly you can you see right through it right so but but afterwards you know i told him i said you know i think i want to go to seminary school because he went to seminary school you know, and he finished and got his degrees or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he worked for, he worked for uh, Tata Motors as well and for, for years. And, and it actually ended up retiring from there to go into full-time ministry. But while he was still, you know, in training and blah, 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 um, he went to seminary school. And I was going to go to the exact same seminary that he went to. And he looked at me and he says, you know what, Michael? He says, uh, college education is very, very good. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn how to study. You'll learn discipline and on and on and on. He said, but that's not what makes the man. What makes the man is the school of hard knocks. 
the school of the wilderness. So unless you go through a wilderness experience, you'll really never really be the man that you believe that you're being called to be. You have to go through experiences in life. And I just don't want you to ever think that just because you went to college or just because you went to some kind of secondary school that that qualifies you to do anything. I'm not discouraging you to go. You want to go, absolutely go. Get your education, go to seminary, study all these different theories and blah, 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 blah. You can do all of that, but you'll never be the man that God really wants you to be unless you go through the school of hard knocks. The school of the wilderness, the wilderness experience, just like Jesus had to do. Because the fact is, is that Jesus didn't really, really get into the nitty gritty of shit until after that wilderness experience where he went through the three temptations of Satan. And after those three temptations, he was like, all right, I got this. Let's go. Let's get some work done. So it was like the timeline of scripture, you know, it was like after the wedding of Cana, when he did his first miracle and just shortly after that in the timeline of Jesus' ministry he was fasting 40 days in the wilderness and uh, during his fasting experience um, after that you know boom everything happened he picked his disciples he picked the first 12 you know he, uh, he ended up doing a lot of good stuff after that obviously Um, But he went through the wilderness experience first before he even got the 12 disciples. Before he picked his 12 disciples. I don't want to say he got them like he, (laughs) like it was a lottery or something. But (laughs) that was really the timeline. And that's what my old pastor was trying to tell me. I don't know how we got there, but we got there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to follow that up either. Mm. That's okay. Um. So you're telling people to not go to college. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we got there. That's how we got there. No, I just, I'm just a firm believer that hardship and headaches and pain and, and all that shit that nobody wants to go through is exactly what we need in order to really know what we're made of. You know, you don't know what you're made of until you get tried or tested. It's just as simple. You don't know how much you can lift until you get under that bar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. lay down on that bench and you're like, all right, I think I can lift 100 pounds. All right, let's test that theory. Let's throw some plates on there. We throw some plates on the bar. And you lift it. All right. I think I can do 125. All right. Throw throw a couple more plates on there. Let's see. 145. 135. I'm sorry. I'm acting as if I don't lift weights. That's not how you do it. The way you do it is you lift the bar first, which is 45 pounds. Then after that, you get those 45-pound plates. You throw those on there. That's 135. Can you lift it? Yeah. Good. All right. Let's throw two 45-pound plates on there. That's 225. Can you lift it? No. All right. So you're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> and you get to work. 
But unless you test it, you don't know how much you can lift. So, true story. All right, enough about my thoughts when I was holding my wiener. Because <laughs> that's all this was. I was deep in thought trying to pee at work. I was very, very deep in thought. So, are you worried that you're not going to. Now, let me rephrase that. Are you deep in thought because you're uh, questioning not having the new child? I almost said, like, when the. Blah, 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 blah. Are you slightly worried and questioning and wondering? Therefore, you find yourself peeing, thinking about what am I going to teach this new little baby that I have the responsibility to grow? Um, uh, no, not really. I, I, it's not like, um, I, I still think I have a lot to offer this, 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 uh, new child. There's no doubt about that. I, um, I guess my, my thoughts have been more along the lines of, um, I just want to be better. I, I want to be better as my second kid. I know I've given my son a whole lot. And the time is coming real soon for this kid to be here. And I want to make sure that I'm better for this one than I was for, you know, my son. Because everybody grows and has to mature. And I guess I was kind of evaluating whether or not I've actually grown up a little bit since Mike has been in the world. Because now at this point, Micah is 12. So I had him, or his mom had him, when I was 25. It's very young and very immature at 25. I was, I was an idiot, actually, at 25. I made a lot of dumb decisions. Um, so I, I guess I've just been kind of like, all right, look, I, am I everything that I say that I am? Maybe. Maybe a little bit less. Well, could I be more? And just, I, I don't know, I guess I just kind of like had a sober moment today. Where it was just like, I can be more than what I am. And I want to be. And I think that was really the, the, the heart of it. I can be more than I, than I am and I want to be. I don't know. That's where my brain was. Sweet. <sighs> I just got tired, man. Good. Talking about feelings and shit. I know, it was exhausting, right? <laughs> All right. I guess we're done. Yeah, we're done, bro. <laughs> <laughs> shit. So, thank you for listening. We love you a long time. And uh, like and share and subscribe. And uh, we'll we'll appreciate it forever. So until we die, and then we won't know because we're dead. Laurel will tell us that. Peace, peace. Hey, unchurched fam. This is the self-appointed president of the fan club, Laurel here. You can find more episodes and content at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at unchurchedpod. 
you enjoy our conversations, please subscribe on iTunes or follow us wherever you listen. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. It helps other listeners find us. Thanks. See you there.